Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Metad, a podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jimmy. And if this is your first time tuning in or not, we are Metad Podcast, meta-analysis of everything, video games. And not video games. So, pretty much yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, almost, I mean, everything. I wouldn't say almost everything, I'd say everything. <laughs> so, yeah, today we're joined by a very special guest, one of our longtime friends, past roommate, Floor man. Floor man. <laughs> uh, Daniel, our good friend. Say hello. Hey. 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 It's Daniel. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It's great to have you. Um, we're going to talk about one of your favorite game series today. Yes. Um, Dark Souls. How about that? Yes. Um, the whole Soulsborne series. Soulsborne, Dark Souls 1 through 3, and Bloodburn. <laughs> yeah, and I guess to, to give a little context from like uh I mean obviously I'm not as well versed in, in Dark Souls and yes. and everything as compared to to Daniel, but uh I think there's a lot of points of this game from like what I know from my limited perspective and scope, plus like the praise I've heard for this this game series as a whole too, I feel. Mm make a, like a pretty solid point or talk about very solid points but like what is i guess like a lot of the pros of this game yeah. in its series and also i guess some of the shortcomings or faults and maybe how those helped define and create the uh following yeah that, the phenomenon that, yeah that the game i has. mean in short it's two guys who suck at dark souls and have barely played it <laughs> and fucking daniel here who's just like what was it like over 100, 100 hours and yeah. almost oh my god it's crazy <laughs> so yeah we're gonna kick things off uh i mean i guess we i don't know what was, should we go in order or just talk about dark souls one or just about the entire series as as it exists with it's like viral uh, marketing and crazy fan base i don't know it's it's a it's a crazy game world I, so. Well, I think one of the big things about Dark Souls that I always appreciated was sort of how um, it breaks away from a lot of, and I and it's following as, as a whole, is it breaks away from a lot of the tradition, I feel, or the safer approach of many video game studios today. And yeah. I feel there's kind of this formula that exists to be like, well, you know, we have to have like things in place so we can essentially appeal to like majority players like including casual players like you know some type of uh system to help them out should they let's say die a bunch or something like that and i feel when developers went into making this game in the series as a whole like they knew exactly what they were making and who they were making it for and they yeah. it was like this decision of like we're not going to make this appeal to the majority and and i think <clears throat> i think actually what uh, they still kind of managed to make it that someone could come in that has no right. clue about like the game. Like accessible. And exactly. And because and, there's no like crazy backstory that you have to know. You don't have to like, um, there's no hour long tutorial. Um, they're just like, here, here's you in a cell. And there you go. Like, right. It drops you into fucking oblivion. And then you're yeah, like, exactly. Oh, a giant butt monster I have to attack. <laughs> yeah, and your first weapon is a broken sword. Yeah. And, and it says, here's a giant monster. Uh, have fun. Yeah. And it, 
and you're supposed to run and it and it never tells you. I mean, you don't have to run. You could spend 30 minutes fighting that monster and killing it doing two damage a swing, but right. um I think that's something that's really interesting i think it's probably the hardest part about that game is how much it just kind of throws you in uh and i know people who played demon souls probably were a little bit more prepared for dark souls right. um than the rest of us I-, I never played demon souls so i didn't know how it all worked so i died you know six million times right. <laughs> <laughs> when i first started yeah. playing you didn't have the um, formula down exactly there's a lot of mechanics to get used to um but i don't think any i don't think there's any reason anyone shouldn't be able to beat that game uh just takes I think it's perseverance exactly exactly you just have to you really just have to want to do it um <laughs> or hate yourself so much that <laughs> <laughs> you put your through put yourself through that shit <laughs> punish yourself with this brutal game um yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would, I would probably say that's one of the things that, and I think this is kind of a throwback to older games and how they were played and essentially how, I guess, old players engaged in right. them, is there was this entire idea of kind of like a show, don't tell. And that's something that I really yeah. miss about games today, is that there's a lot of times you play a game and you encounter something that you haven't encountered before, maybe like an obstacle or an enemy and it'll give you some, like, it'll literally just be, like, a screen that pops up that's, like, oh, if, like, you know, it's important to guard against powerful attacks, like, you, like, using, like, this button or something like that, you know, press X to continue kind of thing. Right. And then, like, you know, it pauses the game, it tells you the instruction, and then you go on with that knowledge, you're like, oh, I can see how I can put that into, like, into practice. But when a game is, like, it doesn't give you that knowledge at all, and, like, It'll do, it's like creative in the sense where it like it introduces those challenges in the way where you're like, huh, like I wonder if there's a, like this thing keeps using this attack against me that I feel like I can't dodge or like I I can't block it or something like that. And then it like leads yeah. the person to being like, well, maybe I can, this undodgeable attack, maybe there's a way I can block or like parry or something. Yeah. And like, you just and, hit buttons. Yeah. Like you just right. like, until you do something, you're like, oh, wh- like what was that? And so like, but when, a game studio does that. Like I, I recognize the potential for a lot of players to get really frustrated because they're like, I can't even mm. fucking get to like the first checkpoint or whatever, right. you know. But then right. there's this thing where players become more inquisitive about what they can and can't do, mm. um, and it challenges them to try out things that maybe doesn't follow a certain formula. Like maybe they run into enemies or like they run into obstacles and they're like okay well maybe this seems like the obvious answer but maybe there's something i'm missing here or maybe there's something different i can do to uh get it like past this well and they definitely didn't shy away from uh letting you know what the difficulty was going to be um and i i i appreciate that i think it would be worse if they were like, here's a bunch of pretty easy enemies to kill, and then here's this huge boss. But the first enemy you run into is this huge boss. Right. Like, there is, there's no enemy before that point. There's no starter area. And, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the game, right. which, uh, which I think is rare. I, don't, I, I feel like a lot of games have the tutorial section, which really kind of drags along. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that comes to mind is uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, which, you know, I love, but 
God, those two, the tutorial yeah. section just lasts forever. The and beginning these... of Pokemon games have become like a completely different experience because I played uh, X and Y, and it's like mm. the exact same thing where you're like, this isn't even a Pokemon game until an hour to an hour and a half like into yeah. the game when you're finally like set loose. And 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 Dark Souls One, I, I mean all the Dark Souls, but Dark Souls One just does it so I think purely, where uh they're just like here's an enemy and then you die and then the screen just says you died and you're like oh fuck off like, <laughs> you're like of course i died you yeah king. like i was Thanks, there asshole. you asshole that's great uh, yeah so it's uh yeah there's definitely something frustrating about that i think resident evil did that too or like you're dead and you're like, oh, yeah, I, but uh, I, yeah. I think it's it's also it goes hand in hand with the kind of confusing or at least to me, it was like the inventory management and like menu yeah. system was very it had like a deeper layer that I was I was not able to like fathom yeah. <laughs> when I was playing Dark Souls. I was like, I suck at this. I can't figure this out. <laughs> and then I just stopped. Playing. <laughs> and they uh, yeah. The, God, the inventory. Um and it doesn't pause the game when you go exactly. into your inventory, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I still actually don't. I don't like that. I think um, after, for all the time I've ever played, <laughs> you just want to risk souls. I think that's the only thing I don't really like is is that you can't ever actually pause the game, um, which in Dark Souls one doesn't matter quite as much. Um, because it's like dead air pvp yeah pvp uh works differently in dark souls one so there's never a point in which like like oh i killed all the enemies in the area and like i could just set the controller down and come back like the enemies aren't going to respawn i Mm. mean it's not um so there's no fear in that as long as you're not human right but then in you know dark souls uh i think dark souls 2 had it and definitely in dark souls 3 um you could be kindled you didn't have to be human uh to be invaded and so there was a a sense of urgency yeah you're always in danger getting to the next to the next bonfire uh or getting invaded right as you're about to get to a bonfire and then you can't and it's like oh yeah you can't, you can't sit can't, down here now. you can't yeah yeah and dark souls 2 and 3 definitely um fixed that in that lighting a bonfire activated the checkpoint you didn't have to sit down at it and in Dark Souls One, you had to sit down at the bonfire, but you couldn't sit at it. I if see. You had been invaded. That's cool. <laughs> and so it had a little bit of a. That was kind of more brutal. I right. Think. So you never actually had to reset the past area to progress. Right. You could just Which... activate it and keep going if you felt you were mm-hmm. like adequately yeah, prepared. Yeah. Like yeah, like your Estus flasks are maybe they're still right. pretty pretty good. Um, uh, yeah. And that was definitely something that you didn't have to worry about in two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as far as I know, uh, Bloodborne didn't didn't Bloodborne had like lanterns because it was like yeah. Victorian, but I don't remember if the lanterns worked that way or not. Um, I think you I could think... activate them and not sit down. I th- I think so too. Yeah. That um, seems like. Because Bloodborne came out before three, but after two, so it seems like they would probably have kept that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, oh, God, I could talk about Bloodborne for days. Yeah, 
And I mean, it's part of this whole Soulsborne, you know, franchise that the mind right. of Miyazaki and his fucked up fucking <laughs> right. psyche has God. created. But I feel like that's another aspect of what made what's made these games like have such a cult following is like the art style is generally mm-hmm. like amazing and the places you journey to in these games are like right. either right. just fucking insane or just like beautiful beyond imagine and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like i think the the journey you go through in the dark souls games hard as it is is always like super rewarding as a player yeah. and i yeah that's definitely the way to describe it uh rewarding is is entirely the word i would use yeah. to describe dark souls um it's so soul crushing and frustrating and um but there's but there is a rewarding factor to it i mean it's you know what's more rewarding than getting crushed 20 times by this giant dragon that has no lower jaw and spits (laughs) you know you know and and then you know finally triumphing and uh and uh you know getting your twenty thousand souls or whatever and yeah and, and then immediately to... losing them <laughs> and then dying and losing them all yeah um it's uh but th- that's um definitely i think the biggest part of uh of dark souls is is overcoming something that seems so impossible mm-hmm. um because everything seems so impossible in yeah. that game and yeah i I would I mean that was something that I would like that I definitely noticed when I first started playing the game too was just like that feeling of of, oh yeah there's sort of like that illusion when you start a game where you're like you kind of and I mean this is might be jumping a little bit back to what we talked about but that illusion of something like you'd expect the start of a game to be like a little easier compared Uh to to later parts of the game to like sort of kind of like comfort the or not like comfort but to sort of uh adjust the player as yeah. they keep like because they're like okay like you know this is a bit of a challenge but it's like but there's yeah. no there's no difficulty curve like yeah it's, it's just, a learning like, curve yeah like you just go into yeah. it and it's like it's just rough from the get-go and so that sense of mm-hmm. like impossibility where you're like you're starting the game you're like fuck if this is like this is the game now like five minutes in and <laughs> like what the fuck is like 30 hours and gonna feel like type of deal right, right? right. and that's something about like the entire game as a whole that i have like i understand why this cult following for it exists because there is this like sec this niche of players who are seeking that in a game they don't want things to go easy on them they don't want it to be like something that's they can it it led them up to it to like i don't know um I'm like losing my thought here. Like essentially like it's, it starts them off easy and they like get comfortable over time to the point where they're like, okay, I feel like I have the, the skills needed. Or to, they get like, bored. Yeah. They get bored or they feel like they don't really need to, I guess like apply themselves as much later on mm. because they feel like they're just well equipped mm. enough with like experience to be able to handle anything as soon as it happens. But then right. for a game to constantly keep you on edge where like, it doesn't like it did like you can die 20 times trying to get past one part in the game and you'll still be doing that kind of shit like 50 hours into the game like dying yeah. to something <laughs> over and over there's right. never a point where you're like okay i died a lot at first but i don't really die anymore now like you yeah. constantly will be running into yeah. that blockade and then and then you know you'll kind of uh you'll not die for maybe an hour or so if you're lucky and you'll <laughs> <laughs> and you'll kind of grow complacent 
Um, and uh, then some enemy will just show up behind you somehow and backstab you and you're dead. And, you know, it's, it definitely, it definitely keeps you on your toes. Yeah. That's yeah. how I would put it too. Is that, uh, is that a indicative of like I was, I mean, we, we kind of talked about this a little earlier, not here, but like, is that indicative of the game being a bastard and taking oh, it all yeah. away from you? Or is that the game having a like smart difficulty yeah that you know that's i think that is a question a a lot of people have about the this series is is the game being fair to the player um and and i think that's definitely something all games have to question Mm -hmm. um but i think dark souls really skirts the edge of that issue uh i think you know you name a game prepare to die edition you're <laughs> you're kind of setting the player up to think like wow these people are going to be an asshole to me <laughs> but but you can't you can't make a game that's just so unfairly hard that cuz no one would want to play that so so obviously the game is fair cuz so many people do want to play it but at at times it definitely feels like like it's not um and mm-hmm. i think Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 in in my opinion did it the best. I I I think the least amount of times in those uh games I felt cheated. Mm-hmm. Um not to say it, it never happened. I think in Dark Souls 1 there's <laughs> like pretty early in the game you beat the technically second boss, but you beat this big boss on a bridge and then you walk and then you're like, "Oh, here's a some enemies on a bridge afterwards and you, you're walking along and then suddenly this huge dragon comes by and just lights the whole bridge on fire and you die. <laughs> and, wow. And there's no avoiding it. Uh, if you don't know it's coming, there, you'll just die and lose, you know. I mean, there's the chance to get your souls back. It's probably the, the most mercy the game gives you. But, uh, <laughs> but you'll just die. And there's so... Later on, you know, after playing it, every time I start the game, I'll I'll run out onto the bridge and then I'll run off the bridge and hide behind a corridor, and then he'll light the bridge so on fire and it, then yeah. and then you're safe to go. <laughs> but it's like you do you don't know that the first time you play. Right. Um, so I would think that is very unfair. Um, but or I don't know, maybe is it just Nintendo hard? <laughs> Right, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like, and so I guess a a good thing, like, playing, or with that kind of thing happening in in the series as a whole, I would say, would you say that's indicative of the mindset that the player has to be in? That, or is it just kind of like, as you said, like, the sense of feeling cheated, like, the whole entire thing, you're like, okay, I should be expecting, like, I should always be on my toes. Like, I should always be expecting, like, a fucking dragon to fly out of nowhere. I'm just like, <laughs> just blow everything. Like, and not always a, obviously See a, not bridge, a dragon, but just, like a dragon's just right. kind of like, you can be going on any, like through any environment and you're like, wait, what if something totally fucking ridiculous happens? And kind of keeping that like in the back of your head, it's, it's sort of a way, like I would describe, yeah. this is like a weird comparison, but it's like how, Almost like matchups in Super Smash Brothers work. Like, oh yeah, if, if you're playing something like, like a, well, no, no, <laughs> like if you're playing like a Marth, for example, like in Melee. Okay. A lot of people, you know, like his his sword dance he uses, or his like uh, 
deflect or his not his reflect, but like his parry. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. not very often used in a competitive setting. Like it's not, I guess, the most optimal thing to do, just on like frame data and whatever. But it's but still it the idea that like you want to throw that into your move set every now and then, just yeah. to like keep it in the opponent's mind that like they still have that in their toolkit and it can be used. And it's like that kind of thing where I feel Dark Souls does a similar thing where it's like something like a dragon comes out and breathes fire. <laughs> no, nothing would like suggest that's going to happen, but like the players have to keep that in the back of their mind. They're like, something like that could happen. Like it's And I, I think that's the instigating moment for sure. I think uh, it's pretty early in the game and I think that's where the developer is telling you, hey, uh, we're going to fuck with you. And this <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna happen yeah. later on, and I think um, so. I think it feels unfair at the moment, but I think it's it's necessary right. to let the player know because later on there's things where it's like you have to get good at checking corners and you have to get good at um, get good <laughs> get good exactly exactly. <laughs> um, and and Dark Souls one and three definitely do that, and I think Dark Souls two didn't do that as well Mm -hmm. i think dark souls 2 started to stray a little bit into um being a little unfair um and not even necessarily in enemy placement which it it did it dark souls 2 just felt like they were like we want to make this harder so we're just gonna throw more enemies at you um Mm -hmm. and they balanced it in other ways like enemies if enemies were killed enough they would eventually never respawn um Which was, an, that's an entirely different thing. But it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so they balanced it in, in other ways, but they had a lot of bosses where you had to fight two enemies at the same time, um, which is not indicative of the lock-on uh, mechanic at all, because you have right. to face one person at a time to be locked on. Oh, shit, yeah, they did do um, that. And so, and, and I think that's actually one of the, most hated bosses in the first game is uh is ornstein and smo yeah that uh, dual fight. And you have to fight two people at the same time and it's just awful um <laughs> just because the, the mechanics don't lend themselves nicely right. to that um but it, that only happened uh once in dark souls one in dark souls two was like <laughs> i mean here's a bunch of them <laughs> just have fun um as well as uh introducing like stun locking being a huge thing that enemies could do to you um i found that to be actually the most frustrating thing was was enemies could just stagger you uh completely and you would just never i mean you could stagger them too but they would you could would just not get out of it (laughs) they'd be better at it (laughs) and then die (laughs) yeah and so um yeah i would say i would say to, to get back a little bit to the original question, the fairness, I would say, for the most part, it's pretty fair. Um, mm-hmm. But it has some stuff thrown in. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's party time. <laughs> thrown in that made it um, uh, worth it, I think. That yeah. made it Didn't... just challenging. <laughs> I guess my roommate's home. Yeah, I guess so. Um, um, did, did you ever like when there were shitty enemies and it wasn't working for you and your like current kit, did you ever like switch out armor and items and stuff and like try other mm-hmm. strategies to try and pass bullshit areas or? Yes, actually now I do. Um, okay. 
I didn't necessarily do it at first. Um, mm-hmm. I, I you think, just kept going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Futilely. I, I think just sort of, if you run against the wall hard enough, <laughs> you'll eventually get through it. Um, I think that's kind of actually a nice thing about the game is that I don't think there is any specific weapon that... There's no, like, this enemy is weak to the mace. Make sure to use it. I think think you can get through the game with any weapon you... Any armor you want. Um, I'm sure there are... The ideal... There are weapons that are better than others. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure you can get through the game with every weapon. As long as you are proficient in using it. I think that most of getting through the game relies on your skill. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of fighting enemies, I was, (laughs) I was actually playing dark souls one, I don't know, probably three hours ago. And uh, (laughs) in preparation, (laughs) yeah, in preparation of, of this. Um, And so one of the things that I was fighting an enemy that I fought a, a bunch of times, but I was just like kept dying. And I was like, what is going on? So I, I took all my armor off and I took my, sh- <laughs> got rid of my shield and I double handed a weapon and, and, and I just fucking stomped him. Like no. it, it was. And so, yeah, I think that's something that is really cool is that, um, you can just switch yeah. anything you want. It's like you, you choose have... your own class. Exactly. The class is exactly. you, like how yeah. you want to play the game. The class, yeah. The only thing that the classes, di- the only difference between the classes at the beginning of the game is where all of the stats start, mm-hmm. because and after that it doesn't really matter because you can put however yeah. many stats you want anywhere. Um, well, I mean, you can choose the shitty class, right? There's like the fucking yes, the one the, that starts at like yeah, complete burdened like, or bottom. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you're just a fucking stick man. You're like, I'm going to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) And you get the people who are like, you know, professionals, dark souls players that are like, it's the best class. Yeah. And you're like, really? Um, and it probably is. I'm sure there's some reason why you would want that. Um, but it, uh, PVP is, is something entirely different. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you never have to really, you don't ever have to play PVP. Um, if you, I mean, I guess if you play offline is the only way to avoid it in three. Entirely, but, yeah. But in Dark Souls 1, I mean, you can avoid PvP and uh, and co-op entirely if you really want to. Um, but that's where builds and st- specific stats, mm-hmm. specific weapons are right. like, that's really where it actually starts to matter. But in the main game, I mean... You just do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I was telling you, I saw some... A video of some guy beat the final boss completely naked and with his fists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's doable. If you will it, it yeah. will be. So, uh, yeah. So, you definitely can switch at any time for anything. <laughs> but I, was, uh, I think that's something for, like, for Dark Souls that I really appreciate as well is there's kind of this... Uh, the fact that it's so flexible in that regard, there's sort of this identity that's connected to it. And I think mm-hmm. the more a player can have an identity in a game is more indicative of that game being well-developed or having, like... Yeah. Um, and, I mean, with Dark Souls, obviously, it's like you can play a certain style and, like, you're going to go the entire game being like, 
this is what I do. Like, I always mm-hmm. use two-handed swords or whatever, right? Like, you played in this very serious, like, our very lone identity, and you can beat the game doing that. And then also mm-hmm. the ability to, like, switch it up and be able to, like, shift to something else to, like, address the current, like, whatever wall you're running into. And, or, like, you can have the ability to beat the boss, like, if you have that skill, you can beat a boss, like, totally naked just using fists. And, yeah. But that's kind of, like, that creates, like, a story to tell kind of thing. And I mm-hmm. also, sort of jumping into, like, you know, we've, we've talked about the PvP aspect of it, too. I think the fact that that exists and how it's implemented in Dark Souls is very, like, an amazing thing. Even though it could be, like... You can play in a certain regard and not know shit about, like, good builds or whatever, and people can invade you and just fucking, like, wreck your day yeah. or whatever. And, like, but the fact that happens, like, I think, you know, it would go under that topic of, like, well, is that fair kind of thing, you know, that that could happen, yeah. that there's, like, there is, to my understanding, like, some checks and balances that exist, so, like, you're not always getting pitted against, like, yeah. top-level stuff, and you're, 8, like... 8,000 hours. Yeah. Like, right. But, right. uh... But the fact that it exists the way it does, I think, is something that's really good for the game in the end. Even if it can lead to frustrating moments for a player, it's still, like, you can recount it. Where you're like, wow, like, the fact that, like, I got my shit wrecked by some dude who just decided to come in and, like, ruin my day or whatever. Like, that's going to be, like, a story you can tell and talk about. And when games have safeguards set up to prevent like that from happening i think in the end it inhibits the player more or not inhibits the player but the experience because i think what's going to happen is the game will turn into this like optimization game then where it's like what can do the best like damage like what's the most reliable um and as as a result like the content just becomes kind of a grind and not necessarily something to be enjoyed and savored to like Yeah. yeah that you can be like dude i I beat the fucking boss like fit, with just fists, you know, like fucking <laughs> yeah. fisticuffs, mono e mono, like that kind of well, stuff. Well, and there's there's definitely a kind of uh, intimidation tactic too that works with PvP, where um, you're just you know <laughs> bumping along, minding your own business, right? And, uh, and then like suddenly the screen invaded. says like you've been invaded by, and you're like oh god, <laughs> and like. The person invading you uh, is completely invulnerable to all enemies. Enemies just ignore them entirely. Yeah, they're um, on the same team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you, as long as you die, the invader wins. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, what's more intimidating than you coming in and you run up and the guy who's invaded you is just like, just has this huge sword and is just like, just standing there where you need to go. Just sitting there, like with hands on his hips, just looking at you, like I fucking. He's dare like, I'm you. the boss now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. It's so intimidating. Uh, the first, I mean, it's intimidating most of the time, but it's definitely <laughs> the first time you get invaded is so awful and so stressful, and um. But the community is 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 great. I would say for the most part, I know. Um, uh, on like Reddit, you'll see things get posted and and people will comment dark souls related stuff about like get good like uh praise the sun <laughs> praise the sun stuff like that it seems sort of yeah esoteric to everyone else but it's um it's sort of this weird thing that like you know i don't even know how praise the sun i, I know what it's based off of but i don't know 
who started right, that like, like meme. Yeah, like, they just they just praise the sun. You can do that in the game. Yeah, and you're just if you do it, sun bros, fucking sun hang bros. out together and beat bosses and stuff. <laughs> I think it was to build like a community within yeah. the community of the game because you have the people who have the ability to praise the sun and the armor right. and stuff and. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking beat this boss with my other son, bro. <laughs> I just right, summoned right. him and shit like that. So it's, I think, the camaraderie like associated with that is pretty great, even though it's like I think, usually anonymous. Right, uh, and I think that's actually something that really helps. Um, I I think Dark Souls three, in my opinion, did this the best, but it makes sense because they had the longest time to perfect it. But. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like specific I think they explained covenants a little bit better uh, and they were like oh you can be part of this covenant and as long as you're like if you're in this covenant you'll be summoned in to help someone who's been invaded right? Um, or this covenant is you'll be summoned to invade someone if someone goes into this area yeah and um, covenants are and, just kind of like clans right like yeah exactly you pick so the, the sun, symbol the sun bros the warriors yeah. of sunlight are a covenant yeah um and so those guys you know go around and everyone sees the bright yellow summon sign and is like yeah summon <laughs> like sun bros um i mean i always choose them over anyone else when exactly people they are. have a good rep uh and and usually you know they're reliable and they like wave at you and they do and and i think that it's amazing that you can have this like sense of camaraderie with someone that you are not talking to at exactly all. Like you have no way to say anything no text check no voice except check, yeah. uh emotes basically emotes, yeah. um and people are so yeah so i think it's amazing that that such a, a such a system that could exist that can be both um really fun and also really horrible of, like be invaded. I mean, right? It's, just get tro- the trolling possibility exists yeah, to I such mean, just, a degree. To get completely stomped, it's it's. You know, I'm not good at <laughs> PvP, so I just get completely annihilated every time I get invaded. Um, it and, just reminds yeah, me I, of that that one like video I saw of like I think I saw it on Reddit as well, where it's like in Dark Souls Three, someone was like made their character after like the inspiration was like an ac-130 and they're just like flying in the air or some shit and, like shooting fireballs or it was, like it was just like i looked at it and i'm like that shit looks so fucking broken and was so fucking like yeah just to be to, invaded like, by a fucking ac-130 it just looked so fucking ridiculous and i was like but the fact that like something like that could happen right i feel <laughs> is like just so amazing like the endless possibility like it's like it's so terrible because you're like how the fuck do you even like deal with that (laughs) and like have no control over it's not like you can choose to avoid it like you just get invaded and then it's like but the fact that that potential exists where you're like it's just so right right it's great i love it yeah that is hilarious (sighs) but i know i all together though i would say that um i mean between like invasions between uh with the considering the developer's stance on like um this series as a whole i mean recently i know they had said they they were going to release some dlc for dark souls 3 and then that was going to essentially be like a halt for some like 
period of time, like maybe indefinitely or not for like the game as a whole. Like they weren't going to release any more Dark Souls related stuff for a bit, if at all. And I think yeah. that's something that is very hard to come across like nowadays in yeah. game development. Yeah. Is like and because there's this thing where they're like, okay, well we have now like enough of a, a following that we can. Uh, if we make a new game, we know people will buy it right. type of deal. Right. Like, just right. on the premise of that. And um, realizing to... Or, like, essentially looking at it and realizing, being like, are we going too far? Like, is... Mm. And I think for a studio to look at it and be like, no, this is a good peak here. Yeah. Like, let's keep it here for a while. Like, maybe this will be the best we produce and we don't want to tarnish that. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. after a while, people will get to a point where they're like, you know what, like... We feel like we've kind of done everything we can and it's all been explored so like we kind of want a new dark souls but because i think elsewise what you end up with is shit like assassin's creed where you have like <laughs> yeah like how much like after assassin's creed 2 i felt like i played every single assassin's creed ever yeah. afterwards like i yeah. just feel like i'm doing the yeah. same shit over and over in a different setting and that's something <laughs> like that i really i think is such a good sign for the studio as a whole yeah. for them to be like, Hey, like we're at a really comfortable spot here. And like, we kind of accomplished what we set out to do mm -hmm. or be like Ubisoft and be like, Oh, we're just going to keep making them until <laughs> we stop numbering them because it's too, they're just shitty. This one's <laughs> unity. And like, great. Yeah. yeah super fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's cause yeah, like at what point you're just, I think there's going to be so much of a divide in the community then. And that sounds like, cause obviously I don't have the same experience that you do, Daniel, but like that sense right. of community and camaraderie that exists in the game I feel would just be divided and destroyed by continually releasing right. more copies. Cause then you're going to get people who are like, well, dark souls three was the best iteration of it. Yeah. Or like, you know, right. Well, no, it was actually dark souls, like five, oh, like yeah. unity or some shit, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> going to end, yeah, <laughs> end up in shit like that where like no one's going to really have her. There's not going to be a sense of community anymore. Yeah. And I think that's such a appealing factor of the game. And especially like listening to to how you've described it as well is like you can play it for your own gain feel like you're being constantly challenged and like you know the sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. but also at the same time the fact that like you can get invaded or you can go and help people yeah is also another it's not required for the game to be beaten or played but right. the fact that it exists and is a part of the game it contributes to the overall like definition of the game like oh, it's yeah. not it's not a requirement to be done, yeah. but it's highly recommended because it adds like that certain value to it. I feel like people who don't play online are, are missing a huge yeah. experience of the game. Uh, it's it, which is weird because like there are lots of games where people say like you know Call of Duty. I mean, I don't play online Call of Duty because everyone's <laughs> too good, but <laughs> it's but you know if I like play the story. Um, and I'm like, yeah, the story was great, but like, I, you know, playing the multiplayer adds nothing to that story. That oh, single yeah. player, no, it's element. completely separate. Uh, and this is really, really well integrated. Um, yeah. Surprisingly so. Um, yeah, I think like the Dark Souls is a multiplayer game. Yeah, like it's just constantly yeah. online, which is cool and it's scary. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is is that if you're not online, uh, the game still works, unlike <clears throat> uh, EA over there, <clears throat> which <laughs> doesn't let you do that. Um, so that's yeah. a big plus, is that you don't have to play online, but Wasn't you know, that, encouraged. Uh, Destiny? Yeah, that was... That was Destiny. Did Destiny That's... do that? Yeah, it, you oh had to God. be online, and I never cooperatively played with anyone because it was just like Halo. I was like, why right. I don't need fucking help like playing this game? Borderlands Halo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Borderlands was another, you know, play online. It's freaking fun. Or play by yourself. It's still fun. Just That's true. You're kind of a loner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what Miyazaki should definitely do is make um, he he should stop making Dark Souls, Bloodborne games, and he should make the next Assassin's Creed. Obviously, obviously, yeah, <laughs> the next obvious Assassin's Creed, Dark Souls. Could you imagine Bloodborne Assassin's Creed? Oh my god, god. it'd be pretty Bloodborne. awesome. It's like well, I mean, it's like I feel there's too much of a formula now for Assassin's Creed games, <laughs> yeah. where it's like. It's it's just so terrible. I feel like that is what Assassin's Creed should be the... I mean, I feel like I'm going to get flack from this from people who are really big fans of Assassin's Creed. Hey. But I feel like Assassin's Creed is what you never want to achieve as... Okay. If anyone likes Assassin's Creed after 3... I think everyone is pretty much on the same like note that the Assassin's Creed series is a failure. It started off really strong. Like, it was an original concept. It's surprising that it even, like, exists to this day. Mm -hmm. Like, that Assassin's Creed 1, how flawed it is, became a series. Yeah. But it's like, I I was an Assassin's Creed fan, and I really liked 1, and then 2 came out, and I really liked 2, and it's still my favorite. But Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is 4, but not 4, because there's no number in it, is a really great game. So it's like it's weird that they have it's it's a game series that has the potential to make really good and original. I mean it had fucking naval combat and shit like that mm-hmm. and like it has this yeah. Well, but the, the stigma associated with it was just <laughs> Yeah. The worst the worst I think the un uh uh the part about Black Flag that I think uh that fails is the assassin part. Exactly. Uh, it's the worst really, part of the game. You're, the pirating terrible. part is the best part of Black Flag. No one wants to be a fucking assassin pirate. You just be a pirate. Yeah. You're, like, you're yeah. already a pirate. And it's I like just want to blow ships up. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, there's that thing where it's like, at that point, it's like, why didn't we just make a pirate game? Like, yeah. separate from the Assassin's Creed Could've franchise. Could have just been a fucking pirate game. But then it's like, how do you guarantee it to sell if yeah. it doesn't have that label on it? Oh, and gotta make an Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, they're kind of selling on this label concept and like, I mean, jumping back to like, you know, Dark Souls. Yeah. It's like, Dark Souls does have its label and like if it released more content it would definitely sell because yeah. people know what they're sort of to expect out of it i mean and i bought a ps4 because of bloodborne <laughs> like exactly they, and that's, that's a great and I was like, point all right <laughs> is it wasn't dark souls colon bloodborne right this was bloodborne and the only reason you knew it would be an amazing game is because it was by the same designer miyazaki Mm-hmm. So, I think that's an amazing point that you could, if if you're in the know, if you were a fan of Dark Souls and you followed like who made it, and that Miyazaki was the brains behind it, and his whole fucked up mind is coming <laughs> up with these horrifying monsters and shit like that, then I'm you're like, for him. 
then Bloodborne is announced and you're like, this game's going to be fucking amazing if it's anything like Dark Souls because it's right. made by this guy. You already like kind of knew what it would be like. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I mean, yeah. It shares so many things with Dark Souls, but but isn't just this rehash. And I think that, you know, to, to tr- attempt to tie that into our Assassin's Creed conversation, our tangent... Um, I think that we go on tangents. <laughs> Bloodborne is uh, is a perfect example of how you can make something like spiritually, like a sequel, and right. and, and still have it. Like the formula is very similar, but it's so different. It's, I mean, like just a, just at a gameplay level. I mean, um, Dark Souls is kind of like a dungeon crawler esque. So you have like a, like a shield and you kind of turtle your way through things and that's kind of how you like learn to play and then when you get better you can dodge roll and do stuff like that. But uh, Bloodborne doesn't have shields. There's no option to pick up a shield. It's um, You have this dash move and, and so you're just invulnerable while dashing. So it's a lot, it's a lot quicker pacing and... Um, mm-hmm. You have a gun in your left hand <laughs> that, <All right. laughs> that you <laughs> that you use to parry, um, and it's this weird. It's it's so different, and it takes so much time um, to get used to. Um, my my roommate actually um, was watching me play it when when it first came out, and um, and he was like, "Wow, like this game looks really cool." Like you're doing pretty well. And I was like, well, you know, I've played Dark Souls for a hundred plus hours. The learning curve is, I've already done most of the work on the learning curve. Um, but, you know, there was still, there was still a learning curve. Uh, but then he picked it up. Bloodborne, he'd never played any Dark Souls game. He picked it mm-hmm. up um, and he was like, this is so hard. Like, it's, uh, and it's, I think that's just up to prove the point of how much time you have to put in right to get good to get his stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah to um, get good and i and i think that's really is is what keeps people kind of at bay from dark souls is is it's it's so in, intimidating in that um yeah but then you you put in the time and you get such a rewarding experience of taking down this huge monster um, yeah and that's and well, I, was, I also think that's something about the game as a whole that's so, I mean, that separates it from so, like, so many other games is that uh, it gets back to this, like, this foundation that a lot of games used to be where it's, like, the reward isn't mindless. Like, you can't just mindlessly play Dark Souls and, right. like, have an enjoyable time. <laughs> uh, like, there's so many games now that just, like, have things set up to like where you can just mindlessly play and still progress through the game without actually having to apply yourself to it. Clicker heroes. And, yeah. <laughs> at its, My at favorite the fucking extreme yeah, <laughs> clicker heroes. Yes. Like um but they're like just that entire thing where like yeah like you can just uh put yourself on autopilot like you know mentally or something like that and mm. go through something and like get some type of like pleasurable reward like uh yeah. affirmation of like oh you did the thing but yeah. you know going back to older games and i think dark souls is such a great throwback to this is the fact that you have to be engaged with the game always yeah. like you always have to be thinking you yeah. always have to be alert 
Like, you don't get drunk on a Friday night and play Dark Souls <laughs> because that shit's going to last 20 minutes before you fucking give up. Like, right. uh, it's like you always have to be on your toes about it. And by doing so, that's where you get the reward is by, like, constantly staying engaged in that way and, like, finally realizing you're like, okay, like, I know I now have the knowledge and, like, the skill set to be able to handle this enemy, this mm-hmm. obstacle, this, like, area between bonfires. And that, I think, is one of the more uh, appealing factors of the game, is that yeah. you can't be mindless playing it. It's, like, because you have to be engaged, it's so different than a lot of, like, AAA titles you'd see today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, actually, you you hit probably the point we should have been making this whole podcast. <laughs> is uh <laughs> now that now what? that we, i've really thought about it is that um it is it is kind of a throwback to those old nes super nintendo uh era games um that you i think you mentioned it earlier that nintendo hard um yeah we touched on this Daniel. we did okay, you know you're right <laughs> it we wasn't did. i i think it wasn't the holistic like part we were talking about but we've made it to this point now (laughs) and that's all that really matters right right um no it's it's uh you know i hadn't really thought about that but it kind of does remind me of you know sitting down in front of uh super mario brothers and and you you know you can't coast your way through super mario brothers like they like you could play that game you know i've been playing that game for 20 years and I still die on that first goddamn Goomba. Like, like occasionally. Wow, fucking scrub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely Dark Souls is like that. Uh, yeah. Like that first boss will, you know, will still occasionally kill me. Even though yeah. I played 180 hours or something in Dark Souls 1. And I still die to that first boss. Uh, right. So, yeah, I think I think that's... That's the draw, is that it's always challenging. Even no matter how much you've played, there's always something that gets you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really think it it does well in address. I mean, obviously addressing that, but the fact that that's what always separates it, that we talked about this cult following the game has, and it's because mm-hmm. the developers, you know, Miyazaki and everything, right. they knew exactly who they were making this game for. Damn. Like full they, circle. Yeah, full, yeah we did it. Exactly what they wanted to do with it, and like each iteration of the game was sort of like a refining yeah. of like you know how can we make it a little better. But there was, yeah. and I think people would argue, and I'm not. You could probably attest to this. That's like Dark Souls three probably seemed like a little bit more forgiving than Dark Souls one. Maybe that's just because of like yeah. a mechanics aspect of it, where it's like you can refine mechanics to make them right. not as clunky and thus like more rewarding to like learn and everything but mm-hmm. overall the game never took any huge shift in what like its perspective or scope was yeah right it always had like this very solid core foundation that was very present in all of the games which right. meant that like as they made these and developed these games they knew exactly like what their objective was and as a result of like them being able to execute it so like on point is what made these games so remember are memorable and yeah. uh, rewarding to play. Yeah, yeah. And then the cherry on top is is the art direction. I think uh, mm-hmm. you know the game's not really a, a 
the game is is really is about sort of that environmental feel um mm-hmm. and i think that helps a lot you're sitting there getting you know wasted by this guy but you're like at least the area's pretty you're like, like wow <laughs> look at these cliffs they're beautiful <laughs> that mountain in the distance yeah in uh, wow and I kind of realized it at this point now we've gone like on this entire podcast and like we haven't even like once discussed like the story of dark souls like <laughs> oh we well, haven't yeah we haven't even once talked about like, how the game, like we've only talked about like the uh, i guess like the mechanical and gameplay we didn't even have to say there's no spoilers because <laughs> we haven't spoiled <laughs> yeah, we haven't spoiled anything <laughs> except that there's a dragon yeah <laughs> there's a dragon on a on a bridge yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. For watch bridges. out for that guy <laughs> playing Dark Souls. Watch out. Anybody playing Dark Souls? Anyone starting Dark Souls one? But, uh, yeah. I, but yeah, I think that's something as well. That like the fact that we've talked so much about this game, yeah, and haven't even once talked about the story right. element of it, either. right? Uh, well, Which depending important... on who you ask, <laughs> yeah, depending on who you ask, uh, some people don't think it's important, <laughs> right? Some but it's an important aspect to end. Story on. doesn't matter. It is. Exactly. <laughs> story's important, because boys. Story's always important. And I can attest to it because I've watched the Game Grumps play Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne. And the way that the game conveys story through items to the player mm. is one of the best like game development things that exists in current AAA titles today. <laughs> Hands down. The whole entire, like, telling yeah. telling stories through, like, I guess also probably something we talked about in, like, our Resident Evil 1 podcast, but it's, like, telling stories through the environment and exactly. not having it directly yeah. narrated to you. Yeah, like, and yeah. it's, like, this is a thing that has existed. Like, Dark Souls did not invent this. They just chose to do it for their story, and it works perfectly mm-hmm. because it doesn't, like, if you're not interested in the story, you don't have to worry about it. But if you are super into, like, the lore and character development and stuff like that, the Dark Souls like lore and everything is so deep that you can get lost in it immediately. And the immersive factor is there if you let it be there. It's like the story exists for for those who seek it. And right. I think that's that's so on point with the objective the like of Dark Souls itself. It's yeah. like the challenge is there for those who seek it. Like the entire niche of the Dark Souls, uh, I guess, like player base, is like those who seek something in terms of like those who seek a challenge, those who seek story. Uh, yeah, those like, who just want to f- troll noobs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that all exists like in this game, and I think as as Jimmy said, like you know, Dark Souls didn't invent the storytelling uh style like that's it's existed in other games but the fact that they chose that specific style Mm. just goes more to i think demonstrate that like they knew exactly what they were doing right so refreshing Mm -hmm. to have a competent developer right game designers Mm -hmm. well it's like and i feel that's like such a a a crossroads right now that video games themselves are in is that there's now, you know, back in the day, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, video gaming wasn't very mainstream. I don't think video gaming was mainstream until we hit, like, that N64 oh, yeah. era. Right, but, yeah. But um, the fact that 
now that it's mainstream enough that we have this thing of like people who view video games as a way to make money and people who view video games as a way to uh like essentially as art in yeah. a way um and that's something that when you're constantly berated or barraged with just like shitty games because people are just using them as money grabs yeah um it's so refreshing to like get this game that takes it back to the roots yeah. of just like wow like a lot of games back in the day like and don't like don't get me wrong that's not saying every old title was <laughs> right not a money fucking grab. penguin shooter thing. Yeah, like, fucking, <laughs> like, i feel like that's like what et was like oh god like oh, you know god, but yeah. the was, first cash grab <laughs> yeah the first like real cash grab of like people trying to monetize off of it but the fact though that it's such a throwback where people viewed games as a way to like tell a story and they viewed it as like an art piece yeah that's yeah other people got to experience and so finding that nowadays is something that's so rewarding yeah and it feel like it makes yeah. it all the more important to like to players yeah and yeah. I, I mean that is a perfect way to describe how i feel <laughs> about <laughs> super rewarded nail on the head dark souls for yeah. over 300 hours yeah total as a series uh, yeah it's i need that's i need insane. more to do in my life yeah, you might need some <laughs> some friends. They'll stop. <laughs> They'll stop making Dark Souls and I'll have nothing to yeah, live for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. And, and all right. Um, and, all right, all right this has been the Metapunk. <laughs> no. Uh, thank you, though, Daniel, oh, was, for joining us today. It was great to be on. Um, I, I know you're super passionate about these games. I, I heard yeah. you swear about them all the time when I'd come oh, home God. from yeah. school. <laughs> um, but now you live so far away, so I never get to hear you scream just... about Dark Souls. <laughs> we'll just voice chat and you'll just Obviously, hear yeah, you should it. just be Twitch streaming everything. Uh, yeah, you know, probably. <laughs> I, you, know, you know, we should all be Twitch streaming 24-7. That's really, how, that's just the takeaway from this. That's how people make money. All right, yeah. everyone listening, Twitch stream. Follow your heart. That's the future. Yeah, no one wants go. to see it, but you should do it anyway. <laughs> are you an ASMR channel? Twitch stream. You are now listening. We're an ASMR channel. All right. Uh, yeah, so this has been the Meted Podcast. Uh, I'm Jimmy. I'm Paul. And I'm Daniel. <laughs> That's Daniel. And uh, you listen to us talk for almost an hour about Dark Souls and whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, always, you know, check out the our Facebook page or Twitter. You we know. don't update our we Facebook page. But you can still check them out. But I, you should check it out so that I have a reason to update it. I, I always get, like, a little hopeful whenever I, like, I click go on Facebook and it's like... Yeah, two new two views. New yeah, views. I get super <laughs> excited like, about that. There like, we go. Oh my god, we're we're taking off. <laughs> One of those is probably me. Just looking yeah, for like, that maybe next. Maybe they've updated Resident Evil. I'm like, come on, guys. I need my Resident Evil fix. Resident Evil Seven's out. You should do an episode. Yeah, we should. We could, I mean, we could do like a pretty good like with oh. between Seven and oh, also Breath I of the mean, Wild. That's like oh Breath nice, of the Wild. Like, oh god. Seriously, yeah, we've got oh, some good god. new shit Breath that's either wild. out or coming out. God, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Um. But yeah, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> this was our first 2017 episode. Oh, it is. Actually. We fucking oh. haven't done it since, was it de- December? December? Either beginning of December or, or end of November. End of November. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while though. January was just shit. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Thank you, those who are still listening. Yeah. After our, like, if we get two views on this, man. Like, yeah, I'm going to be like, you guys are great. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're our, if you've made it to 50, minute 59 of this episode, congratulations. Um, 
you've survived another episode of Meted. A podcast. A podcast. <laughs> you've been Meted. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.